Some words from the prophet Joel. God says, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female slaves in those days, I will pour my spirit. Spirit of God, active in creation. Spirit of Jesus, one with our Saviour. Spirit of life, present in the church. We rejoice in your presence around us and in us through the precious gospel of Christ, like wind on our faces and breath in our lungs. We rejoice in your power to give new birth and new life, like fire, warmth and radiance, like the life in dormant daffodils bursting forth in spring. We rejoice in your accepting us, ceaselessly seeking us, freely treasuring us with love older than the mountains or the distant stars, and yet new every morning. Creator spirit, life-giving spirit, nurturing spirit, we bless you for your mercy, love you and adore you. Blessed be your name of love forever and ever. Amen. Now, Millie's got herself all blinged up today because it's a bit of a party. The difficulty is that what I'm going to be doing today, I can't do with Millie to help me. So I'm wondering, would somebody like to look after Millie for me today? Anybody who would like to look after Millie? Sarah, would you like to look after Millie for me? Or Freya's going to look after her. Okay, thank you, Freya. If you look after Millie for me, because I think she wants to join in the party, but I can't do lighting candles and hold Millie at the same time. It's just not possible. So it's a birthday party today, and we've got some cakes and some candles, and we'll see if I can manage to light them. That's going to be interesting. I had some fun this morning. I'd bought some candles with spelt out happy birthday. And I got them out of the packet and they broke. So, because they wouldn't mend even with the matches, I sneaked out to Waitrose, don't tell anybody, and did a bit of Sunday shopping and bought some new ones. So I hope you'll forgive me for that. And they're going to take a bit of a while to light, but that's okay. I'm not the world's greatest candle lighter. What do we normally do on a birthday when we have candles? Sing happy birthday. Well, I think it would be great if we could sing happy birthday to the church. But of course, the church is us. So let's sing happy birthday to us, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear church. Happy birthday to us. I 
out and light them all or we'll be here till bedtime. Now, what do we do, else do we do with candles on a birthday cake when we've sung? We blow them out. So, does somebody want to come and blow out the candles? It's so hot that everybody's just melting. You're going to come and blow out candles for me, Sarah. Fantastic. Big blow. See if you can blow them out. Do I help you? What? Do you think these are special candles? Well, that one's not. We've got some special candles apart from one that's defective. They won't blow out because birthdays come and birthdays go and the special day comes and goes. But you know what? The church keeps going. And even with all the things that happen that can seem to blow it out, on the whole, it comes back again. So birthday candles remind us that it's a birthday party and we can celebrate and the church keeps going, even after this special day, even when this day is over, the church, which is what we're celebrating partly, will still go on. So we'll leave those going, because I think they need to just burn themselves out. No one can tell me, nobody knows, where the wind comes from, where the wind goes. It's flying from somewhere, as fast as it can. I couldn't keep up with it, not if I ran. But if I stopped holding the string of my kite, it would blow with the wind for a day and a night. And then when I found it, wherever it blew, I should know that the wind had been going there too. So then I could tell them where the wind goes, but where the wind comes from, nobody knows. Thank you, Bethany. That's lovely. I've got a kite. It's a special kite that I got for today. And maybe somebody can take it afterwards, after the service. Somebody who would like a kite. Who's ever flown a kite? Few people have flown a kite. Some people have never flown a kite. Is it... You haven't. Well, perhaps you could have this one to take home and then Daddy could help me fly it. Yes? Well, I'll just, can I just hold it for a bit longer to talk to the people about it? Then you can have it. Who likes flying kites? Those who've flown a kite, who liked it, who found it fun? Most people found it... I find it... You know, I was quite old when I learned how to fly a kite. Because when I was a little girl, I just thought you did that. And it would fly. And it doesn't, because you throw it up and it crashes. What I discovered was actually you need two people to fly a kite, you need one person to hold the string and one person to hold the kite very carefully and patiently and wait for the right little tug of the wind and then you let go and it goes up into the sky. And it needs a tail because otherwise it crashes, apparently. I learned more about kites when I finally learned to fly a kite than I ever thought there was to know. But there's one thing that's absolutely essential for the kite to fly, and it's not the string, and it's not the people, it's the wind. And one of the things we're thinking today is about how God's spirit is a bit like the wind. Because we don't quite know where the wind comes from, but we do see what the wind does. Careful, Anita. Don't think you can just do that, you'll burn yourself. 
don't really want to have to take everybody down to the hospital today with the Holy Spirit burns. That would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? So the Holy Spirit is a bit like the wind. You can't see it, but it gives life in the way that the wind gives life to the kite. So you can have the kite to take home, and I'll get you the kite string as well. And somebody else is going to read for us another poem about wind, aren't they? Prayer, is it you? Fantastic. Who has seen the wind? Neither I nor you. But when the leaves hang trembling, the wind is passing through. Who has seen the wind? Neither you nor I. But when the trees bow down their heads, the wind is passing by. That's fantastic, Freya. Well done. And I know that was done at very short notice, so that's even more fantastic. So the wind, we can't see it. We can't see where it comes from. We can't see where it goes, but we can see what it does. It helps the kites to fly. It moves the leaves around. The younger people have all got some windmills that they can take home. And, of course, the wind makes the windmills turn round. Our Bible reading this morning is from Acts chapter 2, the first four verses, and then onward from verse 12. If you have a church Bible, it is on page 149 in the New Testament. So Acts chapter 2, beginning at the beginning. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there was a noise from the sky, which sounded like a strong wind blowing. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, what does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, those people are drunk. Then Peter stood up with the other eleven apostles and in a loud voice began to speak to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to me and let me tell you what this means. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions and your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will proclaim my message. 
I wonder how you feel about Pentecost Sunday. Is it a day you look forward to? A day of celebration, a day when we can hopefully have some fun? Or is it a day that you really don't like very much? Is it a day you even dislike? Is it a day you love because it's a story of mystery and intrigue, of power and persuasion? Or actually, do you loathe it because it's all about mystery and intrigue and power and persuasion? Do you love it because on that day, previously fearful followers of Jesus were able to proclaim boldly the good news from all over the known world and miraculously they understood what they were hearing? Or do you dislike it because it's so incomprehensible and you can't explain it rationally? Do you love it because it's exciting and it excites within you the possibility of God's working in the world? Or do you dislike it because you feel so inadequate that your own experience doesn't seem anything like that? I wonder which side of the fence you are, whether you're a Pentecost lover or a Pentecost loather. Do you long for some kind of spectacular demonstration of God's power? Or do you think the whole story is just ridiculous and the whole idea preposterous? Do you believe that the events of Pentecost, and especially those supernatural expressions of God's activity, were for then and not now? Which, in fact, is what most Christians thought until about 50 years ago. We've forgotten that. But for most of Christian history, people thought that Pentecost was the Pentecost and now was different. Or do you think that God is very much alive and active, perhaps in different ways, even now? Is it a story that excites you? Or a story that worries you? Is it just a nice fairy tale? Or is it something we engage with seriously? Everybody here is going to have different views for different reasons. And some will be based on serious engagement with scripture and theology. And some will just be stuff we've never even thought about. But I think it's worth taking a moment to think about those events 2,000 years ago. And especially what it was that Peter said, when he was bold enough to speak, something changed in Peter. He'd been scared, he'd been hiding away, and something changed in him. Something like the wind blowing through, clearing out the cobwebs, clearing out the clutter, enabled Peter to speak. And there was a promise for adults and for children, for women and for men. The promise that God's spirit would be poured onto people of all ages and every social status and indeed every race. That promise came true one day when a group of women and men were gathered together in a room waiting for God to act. I don't think we should spend too much time worrying about how it happened because how do you explain the wind? We might have physics degrees and chemistry degrees and be able to do clever mathematics about it. But how do you really explain the wind? It's invisible and you can't control it. 
And yet it can bring so much hope and so much possibility. God's Spirit, apologies that that hymn used only male language for God's Spirit, it's biblically incorrect, but I felt I better not disobey the copyright rules for once in my life. God's Spirit is the breath of God, the pneuma of God, that's a feminine word in Greek, or the ruach, wind of God, which I believe is also feminine in Hebrew. But God's Spirit is invisible and uncontainable and flows in and among and through us to give us courage and strength to face the challenges of life. God's Spirit gives us the wisdom to make good choices, just choices, loving choices. It's God's Spirit that enables us to welcome the stranger among us as one of us. And there are strangers here among us today who are welcomed because God's Spirit, through us, welcomes them. We can't see God's Spirit. But those that she touches are eternally transformed into a deeper understanding and outworking of their faith. It's not very likely that God is going to ever enable any of us to speak Arabic or Egyptian if we don't go and learn it. It's even not that likely that God is going to enable us to understand somebody speaking in a language we haven't learned. Because actually the gifts that God gives are the gifts that are needed and helpful. How many of us really need to be able to speak a language we haven't learned when there are translators and translation software available nowadays? What God gives us is the gifts that we need. But here is the wonderful thing that comes from Joel and was repeated on the day of Pentecost. God enables us to dream dreams. God allows us to glimpse visions. And God's wind blowing in us and through us gives us everything we need to fulfill the task that individually and collectively we are called to fulfill. And surely that's worth celebrating. Surely that's worth remembering with a party. Surely that's worth singing about. Do you like the balloons on the table? I want to decide who I'm going to give those to later because they can't go back to my house because my birthday's not for ages. You can't have a birthday party without balloons, can you? It's one of those must-have things. Even people who don't like the latexy rubber stuff very much and are a bit scared of them going banging, I think we still like balloons because there's something great about them. And these, of course, have got helium in them. That's why they're up and not down. Everybody got a balloon in your little bag. Now, you don't have to do anything with it if you don't want to. That's fine. But I wonder if perhaps we're a little bit like the balloons and if the disciples in that room, the women and the men in that room on that first day were a bit like balloons and a bit flat and a bit, well, not really able to be what they were hopefully meant to be. And it was as if God's spirit blew them up. In good Blue Peter tradition, I have one I prepared earlier. (laughs) Because that one might go bang. (laughs) Now, you don't need to blow your balloons up if you don't want to. That's 
Absolutely fine. Ooh. Perhaps we better not blow them too big or we'll have lots of injuries. It's going to sound great on the recording, isn't it? But balloons filled with air are but what balloons are meant to be. And us, with God's spirit inside us, are able to be what we're meant to be. I think we better stop blowing before um, we have too many explosions. I'll perhaps better send these back to the manufacturer and say they're defective. They're supposed to be extra strong helium ones, but they're not great, are they? That's being filled with the spirit. Absolutely. They're being filled to overflowing with the spirit. But it's good to think how we can be like those balloons. At one minute, we're all floppity. And when we have God's spirit, God's breath within us, we can be all that we are meant to be. And we won't go bang because God will look after us. Now, our prayers for others are going to be a little bit different today. You did all get a bottle of bubbles. And we will want the bubbles for our prayers. So I'll give you a moment to get those out. The Bible tells us, can we just wait for the bubbles please, I haven't quite got that far yet. (laughs) The Bible tells us that God's spirit intercedes for us with groans that words can't express. And sometimes it's hard to find the right words for our prayers. Sometimes the words we think of are just not quite right. We try to pray and and it doesn't work. And you know, sometimes it's good to pray without using words, perhaps using our bodies or using symbols to express things that go beyond words. So today we're going to use the bubbles to express our prayers. And there will be times in the prayers where I invite you to blow or waft some bubbles. And as they carry on the breeze going away from us, so we can think of our prayers being carried on the wind of God's spirit to God. And as they pop... And we feel the little droplets of soapy water touching us. We can remember the blessings of God that touch our lives. Sometimes tiny little spots of blessing. Sometimes something big and bright and colourful. So with our bubbles and perhaps with our eyes open, let's pray. Mysterious God, we can't see you or touch you. Yet we believe you are here with us. Loving God, we see the effect of your spirit's activity in the world and are glad of her intercession. Please accept the prayers we offer now. We pray for all those who feel they are weighed down by life, by sorrow, by sickness, by grief or regret. As we blow some bubbles for them, may they be lifted to new hope, new health, and new wholeness. We pray for those who feel abandoned by the world, victims of violence. Abuse or natural disaster. 
as we blow bubbles for them, may they experience the practical outworking of your love and of ours. We pray for those who serve you in the church all around the world, ministers and musicians, teachers and organizers, evangelists and missionaries, caretakers, flower arrangers, ordinary men and women, girls and boys, as we blow bubbles for them. May each one be filled afresh with courage and assurance for their calling to serve you. We pray for ourselves as we continue to serve you where you have placed us in our communities, our homes our workplaces, and our schools. As we blow bubbles for ourselves, may we dare to dream new dreams, imagine new visions, and be empowered to serve our Lord. Wonderful God, as the bubbles float and burst, as the prayers begin to find answer, accept them and accept ourselves as we offer them all in Christ's name. Amen. <laughs>